We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the show. IB Nation Sports Talk up and running. Along with Jesse Styers. I'm Sean Styers. How are you today, Jess? I'm doing pretty well today. Uh, a little bit tired. Got up, had to run two miles as part of my as part of my workout this morning. So I've been my legs are feeling a little bit, you know. Two miles. A little sore. Two miles, pull-ups, all the action. So uh I'm I'm feeling Feeling a little beat today, but I gotta get I gotta get the spirits up. We we have the show, and then afterwards, like I told you, I'm going to see uh, the Lakers are in town this evening against the Cavaliers. So, LeBron James is the reason why I got into watching the NBA. I've ever never actually seen him play in person, so this is gonna be a lot of fun tonight. Huh. I'm really excited to go see uh, this game tonight. All right, sounds good to me. Well, we've got a lot that we're gonna get to in the course of this show, and we're gonna have to keep it relatively short. We'll see how long we can go. Tonight, you know, so that that uh, Jesse can get out the door and and uh, get to that game later tonight. Glad to have you with us, though, here on the show. A lot to be resolved before the Gator Bowl, December 30th in Jacksonville, Notre Dame and South Carolina, the Gamecocks and the Fighting Irish. And um, we uh, we just confirmed today there will definitely be an IB countdown to kickoff. That morning, it is a Friday, so that's I just you know we had to make had to get the confirmation from the boss today, and it is confirmed. We will have a countdown to kick off the day of the Gator Bowl, and of course there will be the typical post game show and the whole thing. But uh, I tell you what, man, this transfer portal just blew up. I mean, it, all all it took was one day, and you've got it's like quarterback you in the transfer portal right now. Oh, and you know. Speaking of whatever's, <laughs> we had our little friends pop in the chat there. You know, Drew Pine, of course, we knew he was going to enter the portal. We talked a little bit about DJ Uyangalale yesterday, but you've got Brennan Armstrong from Virginia, Graham Mertz from Wisconsin, Phil Jerkovic, who's already made a commitment. We'll talk about that a little bit later. You got the NC State quarterback, Devin Leary. You've got Hudson Card from Texas. JT Daniels is back in the portal. Keaton Slovis is back in the portal. It's like, who's who of quarterback you in the college football transfer portal right now? Yeah, it's kind of insane. I saw a tweet the other day that said, you know, all these guys are transferring, transferring, but 
are there even enough roster spots to, to, you know, bring these guys home somewhere? I just, it's crazy to see. I'm really glad that a lot of these guys are getting, you know, the opportunity. I just don't want it to become what often a lot of things become and that's abusing the portal, right? It's supposed to be used for good things to get guys kind of out of situations that aren't necessarily their fit anymore. I just don't want to see a guy hopping in the portal every year because well, look at Daniels and Slovis, man, you know, two years in a row. Right. And that's what the portal that's, that's what, I don't know. I just feel, it it just feels a little bit uneasy. Maybe they can Mm -hmm. amend it and add like a two year rule. You can't, you know, once you, once you're in the portal, you have to wait, you know, two years before you can potentially go back in the portal again, just something like I, I, Again, I'm a fan of what the the opportunities that the portal creates, and I think it's great for someone like Drew Pine, who knows he can be a starter somewhere, but is essentially probably not going to be the starter again at Notre Dame. You know, knowing what Notre Dame's future is going forward and what Notre Dame wants at quarterback, it makes sense for someone like him to to transfer out. But I just don't want guys hopping in to hop in. You know, it's just there's got to be some sort of competition at the end of the day. It's and you know we've got the comment here right you know like tyler was saying transfer portal is 10 times better than nfl free agency right now well it might be because you've got this you know you've got these two windows now you've got this this window right here that'll close in a few weeks and then after spring football there'll be another window where you can go in and out and that's kind of where marcus freeman like i think he thought drew pine was going to be when he told drew pine what their plans are bringing a guy potentially let him compete you know for a job in the spring but pine said well i'm out now he's going to go find himself a team right now but there is they've at least got a couple of windows so they're trying to control it but i agree it's like when you just open it up every year it at least in the nfl you have contracts (laughs) like and you know a, a national letter of intent obviously is not the same as a contract these days because you can just go in and out and you know you've got guys who are trying to bolster their draft stock kind of like with Brandon Joseph when he came over here to Notre Dame from Northwestern last year you've got guys like Lincoln Riley who inherited a really bad roster even Brian Kelly to an extent inherited a really bad roster at their new schools at USC and LSU respectively and so what do you do you go to the portal you bolster it and look how quickly Lincoln Riley was able to turn things around in USC. It ain't just because he's a good coach. It's because he went out and he got experienced players, guys like one of his own, Caleb Williams. And then, you know, even though they'll try to convince you that nothing shady went on, they went out and and got Jordan Addison from Pitt, even though his name wasn't even in the portal when the news came out that they were going after him in the NIL collaborative and all that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. That's the other layer to this that can make things more nefarious is the fact that you do have the NI, the lure of the NIL where your name goes in and it, it literally becomes like free agency because you can cash in with the lure of whatever NIL promise that you get from going from one school to the next. And that's that's still the thing that has to be controlled in all this in college football, but there has been no real appetite to try to control that so far just in the in the short life of name image and likeness yeah and i i think another thing that this transfer portal is going to do to be honest with you is this it's going to equal out the playing field i think we saw it a little bit this year but i think we're gradually going to see it kind of progress towards a more even playing field and what i mean by that is the alabamas of the world the clemsons of the world you know, whoever can get on these, you know, USC in the early 2000s, I don't think we're going to see any more dynasty-esque programs anymore, or or at least be trending down away from it because of the way that guys can leave and teams can be, you know, assembled in a year. Look at USC, for example. They were a a contention, you know, a bad team last year, and then this year they're also in contention for a playoff spot. I think we're going to see a lot more teams have that kind of USC success and kind of pop up out of nowhere just after one year because of the guys that they can get in through the transfer portal. And again, yeah. I think it, I think this is why Saban kind of got a little grouchy at the beginning of the season, because he knows that, you know, it's going to be harder for someone like himself because he can't just hold on to five year, five-star recruits for three, four years, however it might be. Uh, and these guys are going to leave after just one year. And we already saw that a lot of Alabama guys have already put their name in the portal. And these are, you know, four or five-star guys and again, I just think that we're going to see a more leveling of the playing field and we're going to see teams kind of have those spontaneous one-year wonders where they hop into the playoff conversation after just being bad only a year ago. Yeah. Now, see, people are asking about how many times you can go in the portal. Athletes are – there's supposed to be a one-time transfer, and that's what – I don't – I don't, you know, like where you have to sit out the second time. So I – I don't know exactly where where we are with all this because you get they you know they they come up they've come up with some of these proposals they get discussed they get shut down nothing passes and you know but it's 
as someone mentioned, Daniels is in there for the third time. Slovis is in there once again. He's already, you know, this will be his second transfer already. So I don't know. It's it's nuts. It's out of control, but you're absolutely right. You can manicure your roster very quickly. And with all these quarterbacks in there and uh, you know, Alabama losing Bryce Young, I wonder if Nick Saban decides he's going to dip in and find himself. You know, maybe that's why some of these guys. I think another uh, what you were getting into talking about, you know, Saban and Bryce Young and a name yes. you hadn't hadn't mentioned yet is I've I've heard the name Drake May as someone else who's potentially going into the portal. It's not 100 percent confirmed. Yeah. And he had a terrific season with Mac Brown. I thought that was a great fit. And if that kind of guy goes into the portal, it's just like, what? What, what do you have to do in order to feel like you can fit? And and again, it, I've heard the rumor, too, that Saban has his eye on someone like Drake May. So, you know, all this is kind of speculation. But again, it's like there's just so much uncertainty. And when and I think the number one thing that this shows and what USC shows, you know, a Caleb Williams makes them a, a two loss team. I think without Caleb Williams, they're a four or five loss team potentially. Mm-hmm. And so when all these quarterbacks, these talented quarterbacks, are going into the transfer portal. I mean, these are game-changing players. These are guys who can boost you from two, you know, two, three, four wins, whatever it might be. And I know, I know, not everyone's Caleb Williams and, and a Heisman finalist, but there's going to be people like him. Drake May is a perfect example of a guy who can have well, a similar path to Caleb Williams. Look, what everyone, you know, in this chat is probably sitting here saying right now is, where can we get us one of them? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like. Where does that guy come from who's going to end up in a gold helmet next year and wearing blue and gold and some green every now and then? I mean, that's that's it because just just look at this year and 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 Aiden, you know, you just said Caleb Williams was the difference between USC, you know, what they ended up with, what going 10 and 2 and 8. Well, I guess they ended 11 up 11 and, and 1 for the regular season and then lost the conference championship game, but just like we said, you drop Caleb Williams onto this Notre Dame team and let him do his Caleb Williams stuff, that's going to go a long way. And so what level Notre Dame goes for, the guy that they can get in here, the whole thing, I'm going to be really curious to see where that goes because we know they're out there looking for a portal quarterback. That's part of Drew Pine's decision to leave, part of it, not the whole thing, but where are they going to go? What are they going to end up with? It's going to be it's going to be really interesting. That kid out there at NC State, Leary, is a name that keeps popping up in connection with Notre Dame. So I'll be curious to see how that goes. By the way, Jess, um, someone said I think it was last week, wasn't it? That they said, "Well, you guys, you know, the only NFL you guys talk about is Dallas Cowboys." I can't <laughs> understand why anyone would think that, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. There's, huh. there's not. We don't like the Cowboys in this, this show. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I mean, Tyler is saying, "What portal quarterback would I would we like to join Notre Dame?" I mean, I'd take Drake May <laughs> if he sticks oh his name in right now, wouldn't you? Of the guys who are in there right now, no, no even... one, no one really sat like. I know that yeah. there's a lot of solid there's guys in there, but pros there's no and cons one in, to yeah, exactly. There's no one in there where I'm like, they absolutely should go after this guy. Like I'm like, all right, this guy could work, or this guy kind of makes sense. Like if they want to push, you know, Buckner and these kind of incoming freshmen, and you know, just that 
if Drake may put his name in there, that would be, I would literally call, like do anything and everything to have him at Notre Dame. I think he's the perfect type of fit for what they yeah. want to do with their offense. He's very young. Um, but yeah, I just, out of, out of the names that are in there right now, no one's like, wow, you know, no one's blowing off my socks quite yet. Yeah. Shannon, I entered the portal and I pulled my name back out very quickly. I decided it was not worth it. I had to stick Got to do team stuff right now, so I, uh, I, you know, I thought about it. It was a dark hole, and I pulled my name right back out. So here we are, we're ready to go, going forward, getting ready for the Gator Bowls. We head into the off season. Hit that like button if you would to all of our YouTube live watchers. We do appreciate it. Subscribe, rate, and review. Well, you know, we've got a lot more time to talk about transfer portals and all that stuff because it's. You know, that's that's what's going on right now. Today's only day two. Over a thousand names went in on day one yesterday, and there's going to be even more. So, I'm, I'm again, I'm really curious to see exactly where it goes. And, you know, we've seen some some uh, some other players, not just quarterbacks, tweeting out that they have received offers from Notre Dame. So we know that Notre Dame early on is being aggressive going after some of these guys. So a lot of action, a lot of action. It's going to take place. Well, we better keep moving here a little bit because, again, we're on a little bit of a compressed timeline, and we've already had a technical issue tonight. Jesse's got to head out, not early, early, but he's got a he's got a he's got a hard cutoff for tonight, so he can get to a basketball game. Speaking of quarterbacks, though, how do you feel about the fact, you know, as we've ingested this now a few days later, Tyler Buckner? How do you feel like we're going to see? As long as Tyler Buckner ends up being completely, excuse me, medically cleared, we're going to see a lot of Tyler Buckner in the Gator Bowl. What do you think? I'm really torn on whether or not I think Tyler Buckner should actually even be playing this bowl game because he missed an entire season. He hasn't been, and not only has he missed the entire season, like game wise, but he hasn't been practicing. Like he's just now got into the back in the practicing of things. And so your team is at one point and Tyler Buckner is on a completely different kind of point, you know, like the path to, to, to synchronize everyone up, I think is a little bit more challenging than what people are going to want to admit. And then you have Steven jelly on the other hand, who, even though he hasn't played any games, he's, he's done the practice. He's done the two reps every, you know, every, every, or sorry, and jelly hasn't played, but he's practiced the entire year. He's taken all the snaps. He's taken far more snaps than Buckner has this season and so I, I'm really torn because, you know, Buckner takes – I know he's been cleared to play and whatever, and at, at this point, you know, the, the chances of him getting hurt in a bowl game compared to next season are probably pretty similar in, in terms of, you know, being cleared to play. But for me, I, I just I, – I would be still pretty limited and reserved about making, you know, Buckner 100% the guy going into this bowl game. And so I think there needs to be some sort of split – between Tyler Buckner and Steven Jelly uh, and their and their usage in this bowl game. Um, and I think that you can do different things with each of them. And I think you can accomplish different things uh, while, while kind of protecting both of them at the same time. Well, Terry says, it wouldn't start Buckner. I would give Stevie a shot to show the staff is fair. And I, I guess what is fair? Is fair whoever the better guy is in the, in the coaching? To me, fair is... If one shows he's better than the other in practice, that's who you go with. And Tyler Buckner won the job to begin with. It's not, you know, fair isn't, well, you've been here all year and you've been practicing, so now's fair and and you get to make this start. To me, it's 
whoever the better guy is, that's who's going to start. And I understand what you're saying, Jesse, but if if the lean is already Tyler Buckner and what you've said, because Angeli has had snaps with the number two team all season long, um, but the feeling, the vibe definitely seems to be, I, I don't think they're just handing this to Tyler Buckner. I, I do feel like if they thought that Angeli was the guy, there would be more of a lean right now toward Steve Angeli. So, you know, we're not going to be able to see an open quarterback competition in practices or anything like that. I do, th- I, I do feel like there is a benefit because again, this is a bowl game. It's an eight and four season. Do you want to compete in and have a chance to win a bowl? Absolutely. But I do think that there is a benefit at the very least of playing both of these guys in the Gator Bowl. What do you think? So that that seemed to be the direction you were leaning there in what you said. What, what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that Tyler Buckner is the better quarterback. I mean, at the beginning of the season, he was QB one and Angeli was QB three on the depth chart, right? Like there was a guy between the two. So obviously Tyler Buckner is a better quarterback. Again, I'm just worried about I know he can be ready, but that doesn't mean he's ready to to be caught up to where the team is at now and all of that time that he missed as quarterback. So I think that you you let Buckner play, but I think you also let Angeli play. And we've seen Notre Dame do this before. I mean, what I can't think of the, you know, when when Brian Kelly uh, against LSU in one of those bowl games, he played both quarterbacks and they were kind of riding the hot hand. Um, and, and he brought in Ian Book towards the end Ian and Book he won the game. The yeah, he won the game for them. And so I just think it's ultimately going to come down to a feel thing in the moment, which I hate. I don't like switching quarterbacks in and out during a game because then it feels like you're punishing guys just well, for having a bad sequence. And I'm not saying in and out. I'm saying you you have a, a specific plan. You know, and that's I think that's the biggest question. Like if you're if you're deciding you do have these two different guys and you've got at least different skill sets and jelly more of a more of a pocket guy than Tyler Buckner Buckner has much better wheels obviously the mobility and everything else with Tyler Buckner last year it was easy to 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 find a way to get him on the field because of the much much more contrasting style that he had from Jack Cohn he could give you you know some things with his legs if you're starting Tyler Buckner then going to Steve Angeli it doesn't make as much sense where Brian Kelly Remember, started using Ian Book, or where it's you know it kind of flipped anyway. Was like he was like red zone and white zone and blue zone, you know, all these different zones where you're down there around the end zone. That's kind of how we found a way to get Ian Book on the field ultimately. Even though in 2018, when Book ultimately overtook Brandon Wimbush, Wimbush's skill set because of his legs would have seemed to be better suited for the red zone, but that's where he started putting Ian Book in, and you know, everything turned around. Book ends up being the starter. They end up going to the playoff. But I guess my point is if you're starting with Buckner and then you're going with Angeli, just just looking at it on, on the surface right now, I don't know that there is a natural place that you try to get Angeli in you know, like situationally, but at the same time, you could say, okay, second is a second quarter or, you know, second series of the, uh, you know, the third, you know, wherever it happens to be, you can say, okay, you're going to get in there for a series, that kind of thing. Would, would that be suitable? Does that make sense 
in your mind. And, you know, I know I remember you played on a team, Jesse, where the quarterback, I think you had like four different starting quarterbacks in the first month or five weeks of a season once, didn't you? Yeah. And it, that's that's what I'm ultimately trying to get at is there needs to be synchronization, you know, with the entire offense, considering, you know, your name runs an offense that's not pass, you know, pass heavy. It's it's past complementary football. They 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 pass the ball off of their run game, and so ultimately, you know, if the run game's moving with Angeli in there, just hand the ball off, and he can you know complete those kind of layup passes that they're asking Drew Pine to 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 make. Then sure, I I think that Angeli can can do a lot of things that that Buckner could. And so why does it make sense to run Buckner out there just to run him out there after he's been out the entire season um, with injury? And I guess that is ultimately well, what I, I'm looking at is if you're going to play both, there needs to be a designated plan on how you're going to use both. It doesn't, it's not I, just a feel of the moment thing. You need to have designated drives. Okay. Okay. We're going to go two drives, Buckner, one drive and jelly, you know, or maybe two and two, and then see how things are kind of going after that. I think that you have to be really scripted with both of them in the beginning, give them opportunity and kind of get a feel of who's going to be able to run the offense better and who's going to give you the best chance uh, to win the game. And the way I look at it is, you know, Buckner would ultimately be used in more run packages, but I don't, I don't think that he needs to have any designated quarterback runs. There's no reason that he needs to take well, a yeah. hit. I think, bowl well, game. but now, so, so you seem to be in the, in the camp of, you don't think he should be playing in this game because of the injury. Like you don't want to see him play in this game because he's still coming back from an injury. Is that kind of where you are? On this. Yeah, like but the game and, see Angeli play and, and Buckner is the emergency quarterback. I would that, like to see Angeli be the starter and Buckner be the complimentary guy if things maybe start to go a little bit south more quickly. Um, I, I don't see the the advantage. The game matters a lot, and I think that there should be every intention to win the bowl game. And I I, th I saw someone in the chat, you know, is farther up there, say, you know, it, it's it's everyone's acting like this game doesn't matter. This game 100% matters. You're playing a top tier SEC opponent, and, and schools look at the, you know, the, the playoff committee kind of, they don't look at these things, but they take it into consideration. They look to see how you did when you started to play teams outside of who you usually play. Like, you know, they usually play the ACC um, and their, their other kind of traditional schools throughout the year. But when you start playing teams that are outside of your normal, you know, I guess class of who you might play, they want to see if you can hang, you know, with potentially some of the top tier SEC schools. And so I think it's important that Notre Dame has a good showing and that they ultimately win this well, game. And I think what gives them the best opportunity is finding a combination of both of those guys to play. I think it's more important, again, if Tyler Buckner is healthy, and it is important to remember when we've brought this up before and someone else just brought it up as well, this is his non-throwing shoulder that we're talking about. If this were his throwing shoulder, I don't think it would probably be an option for him to come back because there's just a different kind of wear and tear and use, obviously, of your throwing arm when you've had this kind of surgery compared to your non-throwing arm, where you're obviously not using it as much. You're always going to be at risk for taking a hit and getting re-injured, whether it is, you know, right after you have been cleared to play or, you know, six weeks, six months, whenever after you have been cleared to play. There's always going to be a risk of that. To me, I think it's important that if, again, if Tyler Buckner is healthy, he gets out there on the field and he runs the regular offense that Drew Pine got to run throughout the course of the season so that the coaching staff 
So that one, he gives them potentially the best chance to win the game, as you've talked about, because the games matter. So that he gives them the best chance to win because of, you know, there's a reason he started the season off as the starting quarterback. And this team is different now. So that so that this coaching staff can evaluate him and use him essentially as close to the way that Drew, you know, that they used Drew Pine, but hopefully he performs at a little bit of higher level, which is what you would expect considering he was the starting quarterback to begin with. But like you look at those first couple games of the season, they averaged like three and a half yards a carry in the loss to Marshall against Ohio State. They, what what were they? They were like two and a half yards per carry against Ohio State, three and a half against Cal, but then it starts to kick up five and a half against North Carolina, almost six and a half against BYU, you know, even against Stanford, almost four and a half. So, you know, like you, you went on and on and on. Navy and USC were the aberrations late, but, you know, you, you know, so like they were running the ball legitimately against those teams. And that's a much different look for him, especially when he is involved. I'm I'm kind of excited to see what a, a real Tyler Buckner offense, a Tyler Buckner-led offense could be with him, his skill set, plus the offensive line in a different place, plus the running backs in a different place than they were in weeks one and two when he was out there. Yeah, and I think another aspect of the game is, is if Tyler Buckner is going to play, I want to see them take some shots that go along with it because – you're taking away an element of dimension potentially in this game because I, I guarantee they're not going to let him run as many, you know, RPOs, quarterback keepers, quarterback design runs. And so let him let him let it loose, you know, let him let him rip it if that's the case, because if you're going to play him, play him, you know, use him to the to the best of your ability, take it full advantage of what he can do. And he's known to have a better arm than Drew Pine. And that's been, you know, a, a problem for them this year is creating offense downfield. And so I'd like to see if Tyler Buckner is going to play. I want to see him let it loose. I want to see him take some chances. I want to see him, you know, make basically use his arm as his weapon instead of his legs. You know, obviously they're going to have the run game, but I'd like to see him use his arm more and, and the potential that he has in his arm, because that's that's the biggest question around Tyler Buckner is if he can lead this offense, they need to have some sort of downfield presence and he needs to, you know, if that's the whole point of this game is to, you know, have momentum going into next year, well then let him let him let him you know let him rip it let him take those shots downfield and and again i think we get caught up again on who's the starter and who's not the starter at the end of the day it's it matters to who's taking more reps you know what the reps come down to who's getting you know how many series you're getting and so sure you know you can name one guy a starter the other guy not a starter i think at the end of the day it comes down to who is leading the offense better and who has better rhythm you know what how does the offense respond to who's playing quarterback? Who's who has the better rhythm amongst the offense? If that's Angeli, I think that you have to let him play and let Buckner take kind of a back seat. But vice versa, I think if Buckner is leading the offense and they're putting up points, then there's no reason to bring Angeli in for no reason. Well, I don't disagree with that. And they're going to have plenty of chances to evaluate that during their bowl, you know, practices, which they've already started. They've already started some of those practices. Now, I don't think Buckner is like like Marcus Freeman said, full go. They're not putting any hits on him right now. I'm not exactly sure that he's cleared for that, but that obviously has to come. And again, if you're going to put him at a game, he's got to be cleared for that. But it's not like you're, they're going to be doing a lot of live actual hitting on the quarterbacks anyway. 
you know, we've got we've got this like Tyler said, wide receivers open all year. Pine didn't pull the trigger, flat out missed, and I saw kind of some back and forth on that a little bit ago. And you know, there was it, it's I don't want to put it all on Drew Pine, but again, there were five games where Drew Pine was seventy percent or better. There were five games where Drew Pine was like 55, 52% or worse. Tyler Buckner's two starts, he was right there in that 55% range. And again, the running game was not nearly what it ended up being when Drew Pine was out there. Because again, like you go to the Clemson game, it's not like they won the Clemson game because of Drew Pine. He was basically a game manager in that game and they ran the ball down Clemson's throat. And I think at least the threat, the presence of Tyler Buckner even adds to that and can potentially make him give him better opportunities in the passing game, you know, because the biggest thing for him though, I, I still think is going to be, it's, it's not that he can't throw the ball and, and he's not accurate. I think the biggest thing for him is how quickly he makes his reads and how he makes those reads and when he's willing to deliver the ball, because I think that he was, you know, maybe at times a, a beater so slow in making some of those reads and, you know, making those deliveries, but he's a young quarterback who hadn't played, you know, that real full football in over a year. It was one thing to get him on the field as a package guy last year, but now to actually go out and run a full offense, he looks slow on that. How much did that time up in the, up in the coaches booth with Tommy Reese and the offensive staff, how much did that help him in sitting in the film sessions? and all that stuff. He's had an opportunity to learn, but he's got to show he can go out and do it now. And again, I think this is important for for him, potentially Steve Angeli as well, when you do have, most likely, a new quarterback that's going to be joining the team this spring. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I think another important aspect and something that we really haven't touched on is the psychological factor of Tyler Buckner getting into this game because, you know, you can do all the practice and you come back from rehab, but, you know, the, ma the matter of the fact is, is that until you get into a game, until you – yeah, keep that comment up because I want to get to that too. That was going to okay. be my second point. Um, <laughs> but there's a psychological aspect of, you know, when you come back from injury, you, it's all – you're always going to wonder if you're ready until you take that first hit. And I know you can – you know, he, they, they do certain things in practice – and I'm sure they're not they're not going to let him get hit full throttle before this game. But that's another thing is Tyler Buckner is going to be under shotgun in one of these first couple plays. And I guarantee you he's going to look around and be thinking about, OK, if I take this hit, 
am I going to get hurt again? Or how do I need to land to avoid getting hurt? And so there's going to be a psychological barricade that he needs to get past. And I think that's an advantage of uh, a potential advantage of him playing this game is he can get through that now and, and, and be clear it, you know, for next season, the next season, you won't have to worry about or going through all of camp thinking about, okay, am I back yet? Can I do it? I, you know, used to be able to do, because if you get him out there now, he clears that kind of psychological barrier of, mm -hmm. you know, what an injury kind of does to athletes. And I think it's a huge thing that not a lot of people talk about is you're not hundred percent confident until you're, yeah, until you're out there and you take that hit and you get it out of the way. And then moving on to what decap 18 said here, I'm not hell bent on TB12 not playing. And I do agree that he deserves the spot because it was his and injury should never, you know, be why you lose a job. I'm just saying I fear that there's a lot of things that have to get synchronized up before this bowl game. And if they can get everything synchronized up, I'm 100% on board with, with Buckner being the starter. But like I said, he missed out on all of this time. The offense is in a completely different place. He needs to get synced up with where the offense is at. He needs to get synced up mentally he needs to get synced up you know physically it's it's is he in condition to even be playing in a full bowl game i'm just saying there's a lot of things that need to add up before i can just say that he deserves to be the starter and he's the guy that should start out there for the bowl game but is it is it what's the biggest thing for you the the injury or just that he has to earn his his way back the injury. In, in I don't think he has to earn anything back. He just needs okay. to show that he can be synced up where, where where the entire team is at and and bridge that gap from where he left off to where the team is at now. Because that was, you know, that was almost what sixteen weeks ago. That it, that's a a long amount of time. And you can watch all the film and you can be on the same page with your offensive coordinator. But until you physically go well, out there and get game reps, you're not going to be synchronized up off the first snap. Yeah, I I agree. But at the same time, uh, I think it's in important to remember that he has been out there on the practice field, at least to some extent, for a couple of weeks. Again, he wasn't like fully padded and in uniforms and all that stuff when he started off, but he was out there on the field starting to do, you know, some different drills and, and do so. He has, he has worked his way back up. And Marcus Freeman said the other day that he's full go. And, but, but he also said, Hey, we've got three quarterbacks right now. We've got Tyler Buckner, we've got Steve Angeli, and we've got Ron Paulus. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 I just think that if he's healthy, there's no reason that he shouldn't play because he was your number one quarterback at the start of the season. I agree with what you're saying. He's missed a lot of time. He does have to show in practice that he's able to do it. Uh, Stymie asking about Tobias Merriweather. Has he finally cleared concussion issues? Is he practicing? From what we understand, yes, he is. You know, there. I, I don't think that he's doing any contact and stuff like that right now, but at least doing like seven-on-seven seven stuff where he's out there running pass routes and, and he's got a defensive back covering him, you know, and obviously quarterbacks throwing the ball and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure that that's what Tyler Buckner is, you know, and Steve Angeli and Ron Paulus, what all three of them are doing right now. So, you know, there's there's plenty of evaluation time that they're going to have on these guys. That's that's uh, a bowl game is you get extra prep time. So this gives them, it's almost like another training camp that Tyler Buckner is going through as he tries to gear himself up. I, I would not want him to rush back too soon. But again, I think the fact that this is the non-throwing shoulder as opposed to the throwing shoulder, it, it definitely shifts kind of how I would approach it. 
And like I said, I think if it was his throwing shoulder, he would probably not be in a place where he is this close to 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 being able to return. I don't think he would be out there on the practice field right now if it was his throwing shoulder that he had had the same injury to, because then, you know, you're you're obviously talking about you know a, a lot more use and a, and a lot you know a lot more that you need out of that shoulder as opposed to your off shoulder. So, all right. Um, Austin, I believe it was in practice. It didn't, you know, it, it was, it was definitely one of those things that we didn't really know about until all of a sudden it came game time and they announced that he was going to be out due to concussion protocol. And I'm trying to remember which game, I think it was Navy. If I remember right now off the top of my, yeah. Cause he missed the last three games. So it would have been the Navy game, I believe is, uh, when they announced that he was going to be out. I can't remember, you know, again, specifically at that time if they said concussion protocol right away, but that's what it's been. And and I realize some people wonder, man, well, you know, it's been, you know, as long as it took, why was he out for all that time? I don't know if you remember this guy, Brian Roberts, Jesse, he played for the, he was an infielder for the Baltimore Orioles a few years back. And I know we've got an Orioles fan or two in here. He slid headfirst into second base once and ended up with a concussion and it took him weeks, if not even, you know, like it it took him a long time just on a simple play like that, where he slid head first into second base and did something. It's just, everyone's brain is a little bit different. They all respond a little bit differently. And in a sport like football, you always want to err on the safe side when you're talking about concussion protocol. I mean, you've had concussions before, Jesse, so I, I I always say you know, err on err on the safe side. That's that's what you should always do with that kind of stuff. Yeah, and the thing is, is everyone's uh, brain reacts differently to right. to concussions. You know, different guys go through different symptoms. It takes you know, and that's why you do baseline testing at the beginning of the season when you don't have a concussion, and then when you have you know a concussion, it just you have there's different guys react differently. Some guys can get out there in a couple of days. Some guys can get out there in a few weeks. It just all depends on how you compare, you know, back to your baseline testing and, and, you know, various other kind of uh, assessments that they, that they put you under. Yes, I concur. And uh, for Tommy guns, one Tommy, I didn't realize that that was you on Twitter, but I did see your tweet about the seasonal (laughs) life cycle of a Dallas Cowboys fan. I retweeted it with my own comment. Circle of life, lather, rinse, repeat, because it is basically the pain of being a Cowboys fan of how you get your hope. You know, the season starts, wherever your expectations are, you get your hopes up when they start playing well, and then the playoffs come and they wash out. And I was actually thinking about that the other day, because like you've been talking about, Jesse, about how great this team looks and maybe the best team it's the best team that seen. I've seen since being alive. <laughs> yes, and I definitely think it's the best defense that that they have had since you've been alive. Um, but look at the, they just, have jumped from like 28th in offense to like first in offense since Dak is being back. I know it looks different, which is amazing. But they have like, a legit it seems running less game. Less consistent sometimes. You know? Yeah, and it's just they 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 just put up points. I don't know what it is. Uh, and I know we don't, shouldn't go too deep into this or else we'll get yelled at, but um, it's just, I, I feel that they have the best defense in the league. They create a lot of turnovers um, and a really great defense can make up for a lot of things. And when you have a good running attack, you have a premier wide receiver in CD lamb. I think you can do a lot of great things. I think that this team is just built for what it means to win in the playoffs. All right. We'll see. 
we'll see. I'm, you know, I've, I've been around for a lot of them. <laughs> so, because I have, I have seen that circle and cycle of life and I'm, I'm beaten down by high expectations going into the playoffs. <laughs> Only to come up with nothing, but we'll see. We'll see. I would say this: I'd take another loss to the Eagles in a couple of weeks in the regular season if they beat them in the playoffs. So it's I, what it will come down to: it's yeah. who's going to win the third matchup. <laughs>